Welcome to the Eastman Dental Podcast, where we hope to inspire, motivate and provide education from our guests' experience. You may have realised that I'm not your usual regular host, but that's because today we're going to discuss the role of a specialty dentist. So Josh is a specialty dentist in restorative dentistry and Mariam is a specialty dentist in special care dentistry. During my undergraduate years, and I don't know if you know a lot of undergraduates may feel that they don't get that much exposure to special care dentistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so this job has enabled me to um, to get a little bit more insight into it. The thing with being a specialty dentist slash doctor is that you're not in training. So you're, it's gonna be difficult, for example, if you're not done very much oral surgery, you're not confident as mm-hmm. an oral surgeon to then do a specialty doctor role because you're going to be expected to be more independent than potentially other people. That doesn't mean you're not going to be supported. With your host, Gulshana Chowdhury. So um, just a little bit about, because um, we know a little bit about what Josh does. Mariam, is it okay if I start with you? Sure, yeah, go for it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today, your experiences, your education and things like that. Sure. So um, I graduated in 2016 uh, from Liverpool Dental School. Um, from there, I did uh, my first year of foundation training um, up north in a place called Warrington, which is between Liverpool and Manchester, for those who don't know where that is. Um, from that, I decided I actually wanted to experience a little bit of hospital um, and I wanted to go down the dental core training pathway. Uh, so I did my first year at King's College Hospital and that was in general duties, which is essentially, um, it encompassed uh, a bit of experience in pediatric dentistry, restorative dentistry, oral surgery and ADC. And from there, I then applied for dental core training two, and I did that in Maxfax at Northwick Park Hospital. Uh, after those two years, I, ha- I had a lot of experience in my belt and I felt confident enough to then apply for a specialty doctor or dentist post. And that's how I ended up here. Um, I've been at the Eastman for two years now as a specialty doctor in special care dentistry. Uh, for the first year, I was full time. And at the moment, I'm part time and I do three days a week um, here and two days um, as a project manager um, with NHS England and Improvement um, working on a dental project for special educational um, schools. Okay, that's great. Sounds like you've got quite a lot of experience and breadth. I mean, is that something that you've always wanted to do? Like a little bit of variety in your week and your work? And is that something that you kind of enjoy about at the moment in terms of your work? Definitely. So um, I think with with dentistry, I do really enjoy all all aspects of dentistry. the fact that I've been able to gain experience in special care dentistry mm. um, through this job has been excellent because um, what, you know, during my undergraduate years, and I don't know if, you know, a lot of undergraduates may feel that they don't get that much exposure to special care dentistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so this job has enabled me to, um, to get a little bit more insight into it. And actually I've, you know, g- g- gained a funding and, and love mm. for the, for the, for the, um, for the speciality. Um, it is very rewarding. Um, the fact that I've been able to do the project management role as well has tied in nicely because again, that works with children um, yeah. in special educational settings. Sure. So it's children mainly with learning disabilities and autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, um, that's sort of also inspired me. And, and as a result of that, um, yeah. I have really sort of enjoyed being in this field. Oh, that's great. It seems like you're doing some great work. And um, Josh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your role and what brought you here today? Yeah, of course. Um, so I graduated from Cardiff University in 2017. Uh, following that, did foundation training, the same as everybody else. I was on the Bristol scheme, although I was in Gloucester. Uh, explain that one. Um, with a great ES called Blake Sanders. Um, and that was a really good year. 
And then I decided that I wanted to do dental core training. So I did DCT1 back in Cardiff. Uh, that was split oral surgery restorative um, with actually quite a lot of oral medicine in there as well. Um, and I was commuting there from Cheltenham for a while, which was pretty hard. And then once I'd finished in Cardiff, I applied for DCT2. Was very lucky to have got the restorative DCT2 job at the Eastman, um, which was great. It was a really good experience. Um, and then I was lucky to be able to stay on as a specialty doctor, which is what I'm doing now. Um, and that's a, a varied role as well, talking about role variation. Um, so I'm two days a week clinical in restorative, and then I'm a day a week as a hygiene and therapy clinical tutor. And then I do two days a week in the education center, working on education projects. Um, one of which is this podcast. So that's how we've ended up here. Oh, that's great. And like you said, your role is very unique in the sense that it does combine different elements. So in your case, the restorative aspect and also um, the education aspect as well. So for our listeners or for people who are a bit, little bit unfamiliar of the term specialty doctor, can, would you be able to explain what a specialty doctor is and day to day what exactly it entails? Yeah, I can, I can do my best. Um, so essentially, it, it can be quite a varied role and quite a varied title. So especially dentist or doctor essentially is somebody who's working in the hospital that's not on a training pathway. So you're going to have DCTs in hospital, you're going to have um, registrars, um, postgraduates that are doing postgraduate education and then the consultants. And then essentially anybody else that does clinical work in the hospital that's not on any of those pathways will be especially dentist or doctor. Um, and that can range for someone like myself, which I'm actually quite junior. I don't have a huge amount of experience in restorative. Or that could be somebody who's been doing it for 20 years or might even be a specialist in mm -hmm. one of the, the specialties. Um, so, yeah, I think there's quite a lot of variation within it. But broadly speaking, that's my understanding of, of the role. Yep. Um, Mariam, you kind of alluded this to earlier, especially um, before, but in terms of the clinical experience to actually apply for such a role, how many years are DCTs or what's expected of you in terms of the criteria to actually be able to apply for such a role? So I don't think there's anything specific. Mm -hmm. um, I think it is ideal that you do have some experience, um, whether it is dental core training experience or potentially community dental services. So I think on average, most of the specialty doctors um, that work at the Eastman have at least maybe two or three years mm -hmm. um, at, before applying for that role. And mm -hmm. But that's an average. Um, it can be quite hit and miss and it's dependent. Each, each I think, applicant is different. Yeah, I um, think I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think the thing to remember, or, or my my suggestion would be, the thing with being a specialty dentist slash doctor is that you're not in training. So you're. it's going to be difficult, for example, if you're not done very much oral surgery, you're not confident as mm. an oral surgeon to then do a specialty doctor role because you're going to be expected to be more independent than potentially other people. That doesn't mean you're not going to be supported. Um, but you want to be fairly confident in or have a, a good baseline understanding of whatever you're going to go into in terms of that role. Sure. And our, just for our listeners, um, if they were to, you know, think about going down this route or applying for such vacancies, where would you think is the best way to try to apply for these roles? So I think most people are aware of NHS jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where I found this role. Yeah. So NHS jobs, track jobs, they generally do advertise um, specialty doctor roles. Um, I'm not sure, Josh, if you know of any other. Yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah generally though, that's where I'd look. I think my, my other piece of advice probably would be to people who are already in hospital, maybe people that are doing DCT two or three and are thinking about that kind of pathway. 
um, it's just to speak to the people that you work with. Yeah. Um, myself, that's how I ended up with this role. And quite a lot of my colleagues who are doing specialty doctor roles ended up in that situation as well, where essentially they said, or I said to my my colleagues, I'd quite like to, to stay here. Is there any opportunities? And then you find out, oh, actually, yeah, we're, we've got specialty doctor roles. We've got the opportunity opening up. Something's going to happen. Um, it's still going to go through a formal recruitment process. It doesn't mean that you're just going to be offered that job. But if you um, speak to people, then you might be aware of something that's about to come out that might not be advertised yet so that when it does come out, you can apply for that. So either way, it's going to be on NHS jobs, but I think speak to people if that's what you want to do to see what's coming up. No, I absolutely agree with you, Josh. I mean, I've worked in MaxPax units um, across two trusts and it's a similar situation. Like towards the end, especially they, you know, most trusts, they like to take on staff that they already know or DCTs that they're already aware of and that they know, you know, that they be able to progress them as individuals clinically and both professionally. So I always think it's always a good idea to ask. If you yeah. ask, you'll never know. So you, and you never know what is out there or what could be out there for you um, until you ask somebody and for, you know, it could be the role that you need. Exactly. And in, in my own case, so I was DCT2, as I said, here at the Eastman, I applied for DCT3. Um, I got offered a DCT3 role. Um, and with my personal circumstances, it wasn't really that feasible to do that role and it wasn't a great setup and i just happened to say in passing to one of the consultants actually she asked me she said what are you doing next year and i said i've got this role but i don't it's not really working out for me in terms of my personal circumstances it would be better if i could just stay here and she said oh well it's funny you should say that actually because we're probably going to put an advert out for a specialty dentist role in the next couple of months why don't you consider that as an alternative um so yeah, without having that conversation, I would have accepted and I would have been on that pathway. And then after I might've seen that advert and gone, oh, you know, I completely missed that opportunity. So without asking, you don't get essentially. So I think, yeah. It's like what we advice. were saying before in previous episodes or like you were discussing with your previous guests that you have to take on all the opportunities that are available yeah, to you. And I think Mariam, did you, were you at the Eastman earlier or before you so, to your um, post? It's a similar case with Josh. Yeah. So um, when I was in DCT2, I applied for DCT3. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time I got offered a job in um, MaxFax again. Mm -hmm. um, so, cause if I, I'd already had one year of experience yeah. and I wanted to experience something different. Um, so I wasn't at the Eastman Noble. I, again, I applied for NHS jobs um, and managed to, um, to, to, to get this job here as a full-time um, five days a week, yeah. And why should our listeners consider a special doctor role? As uh, so specialty doctor role, as as you probably all heard, is 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 really good in the fact that it's non-training. Mm -hmm. um, it does allow some flexibility, um, and it does allow quite a nice work-life balance. Um, you do work at your own pace. Um, you've got a you know a line manager or a supervisor um, who is always there, and they're always actually asking. Well, they ask. For my personal experience, I'm always asked. You know, what do you need? Um, what would you like to have experience in? So, for example, being in special care dentistry, um, I've been able to um, you know get my sedation qualification. I've had you know over seventy cases, mm -hmm. um, and sedation is something that I really enjoy. So, I've been able to ask them that. Oh, okay, please, can I you know have a few slots? in our procedure zone where I'm able to um, undertake sedation cases. Um, another another example is, for example, um, you know, I wanted more experience in oral surgery. And again, because we're in special care dentistry, we have a general anesthetic list. So we do complete a lot of oral surgery, a lot of surgical extraction. So again, um, I've been able to do that. Um, so 
all in all, it's a lot of clinical experience, a lot of clinical exposure. And I think that's really, really good. Um, and as well as that, if you are unsure about what pathway you want to take, or maybe what, if you want to train, if you don't want to train, if you don't want to specialize, if you want to go back into primary care, um, which speciality you want to specialize mm -hmm. in, it's the perfect opportunity to explore different specialities and see if you, know, you would like to undertake that. Because once you're in a training pathway, it's three years and you're not stuck, but essentially yeah. you, you are kind of stuck. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually really good to have or experience this kind of role prior to doing mm. that. I think one of the good things or one of the great things about becoming a special doctor role is that you are still within a supported environment. Mm. So even though technically, yes, you should be out and you should be competent and you should be able to be independent and do certain things and procedures, which is absolutely great. But at the same time, we all need a little bit of a helping hand here and there. So I always feel it's always a good opportunity to be in an environment where you can still learn, even though you're technically not in training. But again, it's about taking on those opportunities as much as possible. I agree, yeah. I mean, Josh, you have anything else to add in terms of selling a special doctor role to our <laughs> listeners? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with everything that's been said. Um, I think it gives you great flexibility or certainly within my role in terms of what I want to do and, and what I can offer the hospital, but also what they can offer me, certainly. Um, I think as well with restorative, one thing that I think has been, been really good is with within these DCT years, the amount of treatment that you can do within a year it's actually quite challenging and it sounds a bit ridiculous but some of these cases by the time you've done the workup you actually don't end up treating many big cases just because you don't do that much in a year and then to be able to do a role like this where you're over a few years you can get a lot more clinical experience you can apply a lot more of the things that you've practiced before um in reality and get that get that experience um and I think there's two ways of looking at it. I think either one is that it's certainly a career path in itself. And I know plenty of people that work in practice and work as a specialty doctor, um, and that's their plan. And that's because they've got the benefits of hospital of being able to do complex cases, not having to worry about the costs for the patient, having the support of experienced colleagues, whilst also having the benefits of practice where let's be honest, you're gonna get paid more. Um, and have more flexibility and more um, independence. Uh, so I think that's one aspect. And then the other aspect is kind of that stopgap, almost like um, Marion was talking about, between um, DCT training and further specialty training to get you in a position where you're one, sure that you're definitely wanting to specialize, um, but also experienced. And so that when you start that specialty training, so, so for context, I want to do restorative specialty training. And I feel like now after doing these two years as a specialty dentist, I will start at an, a bit of an advantage yeah. because I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit. And I think that potentially if I had gone straight into specialty training, I, that first year would have been finding my feet, might have been wasted maybe. Um, but yeah, I think there's great opportunities within the role. So bringing it back to what you were saying, Josh, about in terms of what the role and where it can lead you, um, what opportunity is there for career progression? So I know you mentioned specialty training and how it's a good, um, it could be a good few years just to kind of build up your portfolio, gain more experience within the field that you actually want to work in to mm -hmm. see whether you actually have that desire and that resolve to actually stay within that field. But apart from that, what are the other opportunities for career progression that our listeners would like to know? I think like we've already talked about, it's you can get whatever you want to mm -hmm. get out of it. So if you are wanting to get more management experience, um, if you speak to the consultants and say, I want some more responsibilities, I'm 
sure that they'll be able to give you that. Um, and like you said, you can get your projects, you can do research, you can do audits, presentations, all of these things you've got the scope to be able to do within that role. In terms of progression, um, you can progress from a specialty doctor into something else. So whether you want to undertake specialty training, for example, um, so it's not a direct progression of that role, but it gives you the yeah. skills to be able to do that. Um, or you can just stay within a specialty doctor role. You don't have to go anywhere from that. Um, and in terms of progression, you're obviously going to get better clinically. So you're just going to progress in terms of your own ability throughout mm -hmm. that time. Um, and actually there are some within the restorative department here, some specialty um, grade dentists that have been doing that for so long, they're essentially looking at getting grandfathered onto specialist lists. Um, now, I don't know whether that really is going to be that feasible going mm -hmm. forward. It might be more difficult, but I think historically that was something that happened a lot mm. because ultimately if you do 20 years in a restorative department, you're probably going to get pretty good mm. at restorative. Um, so I think a lot of them are proving their equivalents and they're getting, yeah. um, getting their specialist um, status. Um, and then also kind of, it's not quite progression, but on the same kind of lines, um, because you're in an NHS job, every year the pay scale or every few years the, the pay will rise so you can work through the pay scales you might not end up with more responsibility or anything else but you will progress in that way so you don't have to worry necessarily about being on a low pay for yeah. indefinitely it will progress with your experience as well sure and mariam you've kind of told us a little bit earlier that you do you you know you work part-time and you mm -hmm. have um, other roles within product management i mean how did you get involved with that in terms of you know were you approached or did you have to apply somewhere specifically or was it kind of done through word of mouth or networking um a bit of both to be honest yeah. so um again the job was advertised through nhs jobs so um it was noted um, by myself and actually one of my colleagues who also used to be a specialty dentist in, yeah. in, in special care dentistry. Um, and um, the uh, consultant who is essentially responsible for the project um, does work at the Eastman herself. Um, so we did go through the interview process, but it meant that, you know, um, she, she knew us and was able to get a reference from the other consultants that we work with. And actually at the time um, we, my colleague we job shared this job as mm -hmm. well as that job okay, um cool. and because at the time um it was a full-time post but they split it between both of us um because as we're still sort of early on in our careers um and we both still wanted to be involved clinically um and have clinical exposure um we thought the best plan would be that we job share both jobs so that we still got our clinical experience but also managed to get some managerial experience as well yeah i think that could be quite difficult to have especially um, you know dentists our age or in mm -hmm. the early stage of your careers you know a lot of clinical work is available out there for you but it's trying to grab hold of those opportunities in terms of project management leadership and things like that which hopefully should put you in good stead going forward now Josh you've already spoke a little bit about in terms of the the pay scale and um, you know what um, you know the progressions that specialty doctors can go through mm -hmm. but what salary are we you know are most specialty doctors <laughs> <laughs> expected um. to start on been pursuing such a career so yeah it's, it's widely available people yeah. can google it and find out um but <laughs> uh from my understanding within the recent change of contract which actually was in april last year um the pay is starts at forty five thousand uh, a year and then it's pro router obviously for part-time and off the top of my head i'm not fully sure what that goes up to but i think it's about 75 80 000, something like yeah, that i think it depends on um, length of service depending on experience and the length of service so i mean it's it's 
it's not unreasonable. Um, and I think certainly towards the uh, latter end of that, then yeah, I think it's very good. Obviously, you've got the potential to earn more than that in practice, and that's that's fair enough. But it's weighing up for the person who's considering their options. So for a specialty doctor, obviously the pay is potentially greater in practice, but I think you need to look at what you want to get out of the role. Um, for me, I think there's plenty more opportunities. There's a lot of um, experience that I can get within the role that I wouldn't be able to get in general practice. Um, so I think it's kind of irrelevant. And also, even if I did want to go into practice rather than specializing later on, um, you know, even if I went back into practice now, I've still got 30, 35 years where I'd be mm. able to do that. So I don't think that should be anyone's concern really. Um, but it's nice to know that it's not too terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, I always think that you're going to be working in practice for a good proportion of your time. That option is always there for you. Mm -hmm. So if there, you know, if a role like especially doctor role comes about or something like you were saying about your project management or research, if that comes about, then why not take it? Just because you know you're going to be spending a, you know, a lot of your time in practice anyway. So what advice, Mariam, would you give to our listeners who would consider um, a role or especially doctor role? Um, so I would say take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, um, as I mentioned previously, you, you've got specialty doctor roles in, in all specialities. Yeah. So it's quite important that um, the specialty that you choose or if, if a job comes up that's, for example, neurosurgery and you may be interested in it, then definitely take it. Um, on a personal basis, I was really interested in finding out a little bit more about special care dentistry. So that was one of the big reasons why I uh, took the job and actually it has given me even more of an interest to the point that I do want to, again, specialize in special care dentistry. Oh, um, yeah, mm -hmm. so um, I would say seize the opportunity. Um, it is hard work, but it is very, you know, very rewardable. Um, it's quite fun. Um, you work in a hospital, you're able to meet colleagues from different departments. Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, it's, an, it's a really big team. And you know, being in a hospital is a different experience to general practice. So you do have to sort of take into a consideration that you will be working under senior provision. Um, now that isn't for everyone. Um, some people like to be their own boss. Um, so it is about deciding how, you know, what you want to do. Um, early on, I think it's difficult to be able to completely decide which pathway you want to take. And I would say as well, keep your options open, try and, and explore what you have or what's available um, and don't narrow yourself. So for example, for myself, when I graduated, I, I kind of always knew that I wanted to experience hospital mm. um, dentistry. Um, I like general practice. I, I enjoyed my foundation training, but I did want to see what was out there and, and what, what I could do that was a little bit different. Um, so yeah, seize, seize the moment. If the, if the opportunity comes up, definitely take it. Sure, definitely. That's some great advice there for Thank our you. listeners. And Josh, do you have anything to add or echo yeah, Mariam's words? I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If the opportunity comes um, and that's something you want to do, then definitely take it. I think the other bit of advice that I would probably give, um, I think it's quite hard, especially if you're coming from dental core training, to get out of that recruitment cycle. We're used to September. You start a new job in September. That's how it works. You interview before that. Um, these roles aren't within that training pathway. Yeah. So it might be that this a role will come available in January or April or it will come anytime. So I don't think 
you should necessarily be pigeonholed into expecting something to come up and you'd be able to take it in mm. line with that recruitment process. Um, so for me, my job started probably two months after the recruit, I would have started my DCT. Um, and then along those lines as well, because it isn't this formal recruitment process and we mentioned NHS jobs, they're coming available all the time. Something that I still do now, although to be fair, I'm happy with my job. Um, on NHS jobs, you can set up uh, um, certain filters and you can get email reminders um, or email updates of jobs that become available. So even if you're doing something else, but you think, yeah, I might consider that in the future and you want to look at especially the dentist role, just set up uh, the email alerts and you'll get the emails when they come through. And one day you might get a role advert come through and you think, yeah, actually that's something I want to go for and then go for it. So I think, Practically, I'd probably recommend that as well. Um, I think in addition to that, it's being being prepared to get out what you put in. I think one thing that um, Mary mentioned earlier was having that work-life balance and looking at colleagues that are registrars, which to be honest with you is kind of similar stuff to, yeah. to what we're, kind, we're doing. They're really busy and they've got a lot of responsibility and they've got a lot of things that they need to get done and it's nice that we don't have that training element um to 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 bog us down or to have that extra workload um but equally i think you can be as busy as you want to be yeah. so if there's something an opportunity that comes up i might be decide myself to do that and i'll decide myself to be busy and work a bit later and, and get that done whereas maybe in the training post you wouldn't really have a choice um, so I think that's another really good thing. Um, so if you do get into the roles, just take the opportunities and bringing it back to a lot of the other episodes. I think that's a common theme is just yeah. take the opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be my you advice. You never know where they're going to lead you. Is that, that's exactly. Right. Yeah, you just don't know. Absolutely. So no, I think that's one of, like you said, is a recurring theme across all episodes. Any opportunities that are given to you, anything that you see, like you said, a lot of people, even in practice, they do two three days in practice and then they marry that up with a couple of days mm. in a hospital environment because they like the independence that they get in practice but at the same time um, they also like the kind of supportive environment that you get from a hospital so exactly. I feel like in, in, in general dentistry can give you so much variety and I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize that so I think um, like I said this episode hopefully would inspire a few of our listeners to hopefully go down this route yeah, so, and yeah. seek them out I think yeah. people mm. kind of sit in practice and think oh I'd really like to be yeah. a, mm. I don't know an oral surgery specialty dentist and then they just sit there and they yeah. don't do anything about it unless <laughs> yeah. you actually go out and seek yeah. the jobs mm then it's, it's, you know, if sometimes it's not that well advertised, it's not that easy to see where these jobs are. So if you want to do it, go out and... I think it's a great them. place to have a mentor as well, especially like you were saying in oral mm -hmm. surgery. Um, if you're not particularly confident in a certain area, they are always, there's always someone in hospital around you who's definitely a lot more senior mm -hmm. and they're usually very much more happy to help. So if you can get a mentor on board, I think that's probably the best thing for you to for you to do. So going forward, uh, Marion, what are your plans? What's the, what's the future hold for you going ahead? Um, so yeah, I mentioned it previously. So um, I would hopefully like to um, start training in special care dentistry. Um, so um, national recruitment comes up in mm -hmm. January, so I'll be applying for that. But there's also been some ac academic clinical fellow posts as well, um, which um, I've applied to. Um, so that would be the ideal plan. 
um if that doesn't happen because it's a very competitive process as you mm-hmm. all probably know um then potentially yeah maybe work as a specialty doctor um part-time and maybe actually go back into practice as well yeah. and do a little bit of work there and I can just take the skills that I've got so um, my sedation skills and um, and experience with 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 patients with so many medical yeah. comorbidities I can take that to practice um and be able to offer my services there so that would be my plan, but we'll see what happens. You don't, you just don't know, do you? <laughs> yeah, all of us are where it's such happens. And um, Josh, what about yourself? Where, where does the future hold for you? Um, yeah, similar really. I think if you'd asked me at the end of uni what the ideal situation to be in would be, I probably would have said to be a restorative specialty doctor actually. Um, no. I like the that's idea. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't say that. I actually that. didn't even know what specialty doctor was. Till oh, re- till I thought it was a great, a great idea. I was like, oh, I could be in hospital. It's all yeah. the benefits of being in hospital without having the responsibility Why? of being a consultant, okay. without having the stress. Um, and then now I'm here. I'm like, actually, no, I think I do want to do specialty <laughs> training. So the plan would be to do restorative specialty training. Um, so I'll apply again this year. I applied last year. I didn't get in. I'll apply again this year. Uh, if, if I don't get specialty training um then i like to carry on here i think like i already mentioned the role is split clinical non-clinical i actually do a lot of education stuff which i really enjoy um so i think it would be really nice to to continue that and develop some of the projects that we've been working on further yeah that sounds really great and with all the best in um your careers and <laughs> your specialty you. training Thank pathways you. so in true eastman podcast form i will be reiterating the same question josh <laughs> that you have been giving to all of our lovely guests um so i'll actually start with you okay. so what can you tell me three things that you really enjoy about your job three things i think first of all is the variety um every day is really different and then in a few ways so in terms of clinical treatment all the patients that i see uh They've all been referred to the hospital. They're obviously all complex in some way, shape or form. So that's really interesting, the variety there, but also the variety I get with teaching and the other management and leadership things that I get to do within this role. So I think that's probably the first thing. I think the second thing is probably the mix between independence and support. So I think um, at DCT, maybe you don't have a huge amount of independence or certainly here there's a lot of emphasis on getting things checked and making sure that you're doing the right thing which is obviously fair enough you're not very experienced um but now i've got into this role sure i'm not a specialist i'm not a consultant i can't just be doing these treatments all on my own but uh there's that level of independence for the things i'm confident in i'm able to to do and to to take those forward and then for the things that i'm not i'm able to go and get that support from somebody else. So I think that mix of independence and support is, is really good. I think my third thing about being a specialty doctor or just working in hospital in general is having that team, that, that supportive team. Um, it's really nice to be able to come in and have a, a huge range of colleagues from a huge range of different backgrounds. So I work within hygiene and therapy. I work in restorative. My um, education role gets me communicating with all the departments within the hospital and I think that's really nice to have that and I think I would miss that if I was in practice that ability to work as a team and speak with different people on my on a day-to-day basis so I think those are my three I hope I haven't stolen too many (laughs) (laughs) mine are very similar (laughs) um so yeah uh Personally, um, so the first one would be um, the sort of clinical exposure and, you know, what I've been able to experience um, as a specialty doctor. Um, 
So as Josh touched on, you know, I've been able to do it teaching. Um, I have been able to become more proficient in sedation um, with special care. Um, my my day really varies every single day. So some days I'm in outpatients, I'm doing treatments. Um, some patient, uh, sometimes I'm doing head and neck um, pre-assessments. So head and neck cancer patients that we see for dental assessments prior to their therapy. Um, at times I'm doing general anesthetics. So we're all the way in the main hospital and not at the dental hospital. So it is a lot of variety. It means that I get a lot of exposure in different parts of dentistry um, and different parts of special care dentistry. Um, as well as that, I've obviously been able to um, complete a diploma with the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh in special care dentistry. And that's something that I probably wouldn't have been able to um, complete if I didn't have the um, the experience of the consultants that I work with um, and their support. So it's probably my first one. Um, my second one would be actually the fact that um, there are seniors and consultants um, that you can speak to. Um, so, you know, my team are great. Um, I've got really, really supportive consultants um, and I always get advice from them. They're always giving me personal advice with regards to, you know, professional on a professional level, um, how to take, you know, my my pathway forward, um, you know, and they often, you know, give me insight into, you know, what things I should improve on. And it's actually really helpful. Um, I'm able to be, to work quite independently but when I do need their help, um, potentially with a treatment plan that might be a little bit difficult, a patient that I'm trying to figure out how to treat, um, then, you know, they're there and that's really, really, really helpful. Um, the third thing would probably be more the sort of social element, working in the hospital, as Josh touched, you're able to um, to speak to and meet other people from different departments and in your own department. Um, and I really like that side of things. Um, it does almost feel like a family um, when, when I come to work and I, I actually look forward to going to work every day um, because every day is like a new day and every day is a new experience. Um, so that's probably my third one. No, oh, that's great. Like you said, every day in dentistry, I always feel is always different. You never exactly. ever get the same one. No, that's one isn't. of the great things about yeah. the profession. Um, and finally, Josh, what a piece of advice would you give your younger self if you could? Um, that's quite interesting. I think I mentioned earlier about um, me saying that uh, the end goal would be a, to be a specialty dentist in restorative. And I think at that time, that was really kind of pie in the sky thinking from my perspective as, oh my God, that would never be possible. Um, so it has been possible. So I think my advice to myself would be, um, it just, it, you can do things, things are possible, things will happen. Um, don't let yourself be put off or think that things are out of your reach or that you're not able to do. Um, one of the consultants at Cardiff, so Rob McAndrew, um, in one of my meetings with him, uh, I was average. I was literally bang in the middle of the year in terms of ranking. And he was like, are you happy with that? And I was like, yeah, I'm really happy with that. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, I'm better than half the people. And he was like, yeah, but you're worse than half the people. And I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm better than half as well. And he was like, oh, you're not aiming high enough. And I think that really... Um, I like that you're a glass, you're a glass half yeah, full kind didn't. of guy. He didn't like that. Um, <laughs> and then the jobs that I got. So again, I was applying for DCT thinking, oh, I'll put restorative first. That'll be great. But that will never happen. I'll never get those jobs. And then I ended up getting the jobs. And again, coming here, coming to the Eastman to do that restorative job, never would have thought I would have got that job, got that job. So every stage I'm kind of thinking, oh, I'll try that, but it will never happen. And so if I was going to speak to myself back, I would say, don't have that thinking. Just be like, yeah, it's going to happen and it will happen. 
That's a great piece of advice. Yeah, that's really, really yeah. good. I, really I, don't, good. Think, I yeah. don't think I can live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Mariam, exactly same question. If you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Um, so I would probably tell my young tell my younger self to yeah do like follow the probably the steps that I did. So um to make sure that I do fully look, you know look around make because I think when I got, went into dental school, I automatically assumed that I would end up. Um, as a general dental practitioner. Yeah. And I don't know about yourself, you, yourselves, yeah. but I didn't really know about yeah. the hospital side of things. Um, I didn't know that specialty doctor was even a thing. Um, so um, I think from that point, I think dental school was was quite fun for me. Yeah. I probably didn't work as hard as I should have, <laughs> um, maybe in the final year where I, where I sort of pulled my socks off a little bit and made sure I did well in my finals. Um, so I think start off from from the from from an early stage. Look into what's out there and make yourself aware of what yeah. you know what you want to do. Um, I know you know some colleagues that I've come across later on in my profession have said, "Oh, I've always wanted to be an orthodontist." Mm. From from my first year of dental school. And I said, I didn't even know what an orthodontist was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had braces myself, but um, so yeah, do your research um, from 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 the very start, um, find out what's out there. And um, as we mentioned, um, all these jobs, um, especially hospital, they can be quite competitive and they do require certain requirements. Um, you know, they look for certain things. So try and tick them off if, if that's what you want to do. Um, general dental practice as well um you can actually you know you can go down many venues that way you can consider a, a diploma or a master's um and again it's not just um hospital where you know you, you may be able to explore different domains in general dental practice as well mm -hmm. so essentially my main message would be from a very early stage look at all your options um because there are so many in dentistry um that we don't really know about. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, I think you both are giving some great pieces of advice. And I always think to myself, I know I'm, I'm asking myself the same question, <laughs> but I always think um, don't limit yourself. I think, especially when you're younger, you think, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Not, don't have that mentality, never limit yourself. And I think, especially in a role such as this, like you guys have both spoken about today, the more you speak to people, the more you get to know. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanna thank you both for, one, Josh, let me host today's episode. Thank you. And two, <laughs> oh, thank you. And um, for being um, one of our lovely guests and Mariam as well. So I wish you both yeah, all the best. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and um, hopefully it's given our listeners an insight into the special doctor role and it's hopefully a pathway that they can actually consider and are aware of in the future. So thank you both. Great, thank you. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. We would love to hear your suggestions for future guests. Remember to follow us on social media using hashtag the Eastman Dental Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please rate, share, subscribe and listen out for future episodes.